Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for joining us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here one more time. We truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. And if you can go ahead and give us a like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source, it is truly appreciated. But I'll tell you what, it's a great time to go ahead and talk Marvel Cinematic Universe because we all know that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has come and gone for most people although you're supposed you know if you haven't watched it out there it's still expected to do very well and you're sure most people will be catching it either now or when it hits disney plus you had moon knight that just debuted on disney plus to a very mixed reaction some people really love it some people don't but you also have miss marvel that's on the way so many great things in the mcu but it really, I think a, a moment in time that people are pointing to was 10 years ago in the month of May. 10 years ago in the month of May, 2012, was a very important part of what we see now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that was when the Avengers debuted in theaters. And the success, the success of that movie, of that film, was the key integral part of Kevin Feige's plan to go ahead and go forward with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Had it not been successful, I don't think we would be seeing today what we've seen today with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And who better to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the MCU's Bleeding Edge each and every week. Him and his co-hosts and his guests and everybody there, his wacky crew of people that you know from all over. They go ahead and talk about what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is Mr. True Knowledge himself, Mr. Jeff Sloboda. Jeff, great to have you here, my friend, talking Marvel. And it just hit me. just hit me that this was the anniversary in the month of May of the Avengers. And I was thinking about how important this film actually is to everything that we've seen now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what? With the Avengers, it was what it was as far as that big, event that the mcu really needed and it you know going back into the years at comic cons where kevin feige started to describe what he saw for the marvel cinematic universe starting with iron man then going into the hulk and then going into thor then going into iron man 2 then going into captain america the first avenger and leading into the events of the avengers people were excited but I don't think people really had a grasp, a total grasp of what was going on with the Avengers and this whole overarching MCU ideology until the Avengers, until they saw the Avengers, until they said, ah, I get it. I see what they've been building up to. I see what's been going on because they really didn't put all the pieces together like we do now back then in 2010, 2011, because it was just something that was so new a concept about how you could build all these story pieces together and build it to one major thing like the Avengers. That's right. And I think it's important to point out that, again, no one has ever done anything like that from a cinematic standpoint. Nothing had ever been done like that before. A superhero team-up movie had never happened. It never occurred. It was a very unique concept. And... For me, you know, I can tell you right now, in my, in my personal story with, you know, as a fan, I didn't have the massive buildup going into the film. You know, I didn't, like I did with Infinity War and Endgame and whatnot, where it was like, you know, the oxygen was like, you know, out of the room every day, you know, for like a year up, up until the movie came out. For the Avengers, I didn't have that massive fandom energy going on for me personally at that point. Right? I don't think many did. I don't think many did at that time. No, no. So, I, you know, at that point, Watching the film itself, not even in the theater, watching it on a, not a standard, but you know, a high definition television at that time, it was just unbelievable. It was yeah. it, it was legitimately. Of course, I have to believe that the fact that I'm an old school Marvel comic book fan did play a part in like you know part of the emotional response that I felt in myself, you know, watching the film and how just like blown away I was by the entire, you know, all of it, the premise, the chemistry of the actors, you know, and the actresses and whatnot, the characters. 
the team up aspect of it, whatnot, you know, the final battle in New York. I mean, just overall, it was something so new. For at least for me, again, I think more, probably more so because I'm a comic book fan. I just could not even believe it at times. Like watching, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" You know, like seriously, just like Doctor Strange too with the, the Illuminati. Well, the thing is that it caught everybody by surprise. Even when Kevin Feige spelled it out at Comic Cons leading up to the Avengers that this is where he wanted to go with it, people were kind of like okay, uh, I'm kind of into this, uh, you know, these superhero movies, that's that's great and all that, but, you know, oh, wow, it's leading up to something where they're all coming together? Oh, that's kind of new. That's kind of out-of-the-box idea. That's kind of something that you only see in the comic books. And that's something that, again, taking that world of the comic books, taking some of the best parts of it, changing some things around that maybe won't float as well from the comic book area to a a movie landscape but then go ahead and putting it out into an avengers which that movie back in 2012 it was a pretty good movie still a very watchable movie it is not quite on everybody's top of the list as far as the mcu is concerned but when you have 28 mcu films it's really hard to say okay this one's going to stand the test of time but i think for what it was and what it needed to be it did just fine I know that people have some issues with the story and and what Hawkeye's role was and some of the other things that was going on within the context of the the actual film. But getting to you now, Jeff, with your thoughts on when you stepped into that theater in 2012, what exactly did you think about going into it and then you watching it? What exactly were your thoughts coming out of it? I guess it was my buy-in. Uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my gateway, you know, yeah. my um, my link, you know, my stepping stone that that actually connected me, yeah. just like just like the connective tissue with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, in the Infinity Saga, it connected me to the movies, yes. to Marvel Studios, and I feel like it just the movie itself, yeah, sure, it's flawed in some ways and whatnot and everything, and of course, as a content creator, as a Marvel Studios content creator, you know, um. It, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll rank it and all that, play that game and all that and everything. But I personally do honestly feel, and I always have, that the film should be in its own category. It should be set aside from from Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame. It's in its own place in history. That's how I feel personally. I really do. Well, it's so important because it's the first time that this type of concept and everything leading up to it that you have these type of movies. We've seen trilogies. We'd seen sequels. We'd seen things before as far as set up other parts of the story. The Star Wars universe, for example. But we've never seen where actual movies taking place at different parts of this universe were all coming together. We're all like threading itself into each other, into one completion as far as the big part of it, the big stage of it was the Avengers. And you're right, for movie history, it is important. Not just the fact that it earned over a billion dollars. That's, that's yes, that's great and all that. But the fact is that it, it led to a realization for everybody out there that these type of things in the movie universe, they can happen. They can happen as far as that type of ideal. And you're right. It was the first time for many, including me, who had not seen all the MC movies at that time. You have that, oh, now I since gone and seen everything since then but for me it was my buy-in as well i mean i had only seen the couple movies of the entire list up until that time and then i walked into the theater and i saw the avengers and i'm like wow this is what grandiose plan is made by marvel for this universe i gotta go ahead and make an investment into this because it looks like if they're gonna go ahead and and go to the trouble and go to the lengths that they did to go ahead and put all this together. I got to go ahead as a new fan of the MCU, got to go ahead and make that investment as well. That's right. And, and I think that, of course, in the fandom, you're always going to have people of different ages. You know, my daughter came on the Bleeding Edge a couple weeks ago and did a segment on this with me. You know, she's 17, Isabella. She, she came on the show as a guest and we taught the Avengers. You know, we heard her, we heard her opinions. You know, I think she was maybe, I don't know, five years old, six years old then. Mm-hmm. So, of course, like, you know, in the fandom, 
you're going to have your different reactions and different responses to the Avengers as far as like, you know, what some of the fans, younger fans, maybe, you know, versus the older fans and all, you know, you're going to have some different opinions of the, with the film. But I just feel like for me, the ensemble cast, the, the original six Avengers, it was their start. It was their proving ground. It was their chance to develop that chemistry, to be out there together as a group and whatnot and everything and bounce off each other and uh, be a team. And of course, now for me, those actors and actresses, regardless of their politics or their stances or their beliefs and whatnot and everything, they are like blood to me. They are like, you know, they're, they're like gods. They're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, they're so important to me. They're so important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't want to overdo it or anything, Gerald, but you know, like, honestly, man, you know, I mean, the original six Avengers, I mean, you know, I have reverence for them. When I think of, of Scarlett Johansson and what she did with the Black Widow character overall, and whatnot, but you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to go too far. But the Avengers started it. Yeah. You know, with, without the Avengers, you don't get an Endgame. Without the Avengers, you don't get Infinity War. You don't get the all the crossovers we got in Infinity War with all those different combinations of characters and whatnot, and everything that that powered the film. You don't get that without the Avengers and Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Started there, you know, really started there, really catapulted himself yes. in that movie and set, set himself, you know, out apart. And I'll tell you right now, he is an iconic villain in that film and he carries it the whole movie all the way through from start to finish. He is legitimately yes. valuable and tangible, you know, um, and has a presence throughout the film as a villain. And, you know, honestly, I think he's almost undervalued in a way performance in a way you know think about his arc as, a, as, a, as an actor as a character and everything from then to where we're at now the Loki yeah. Disney Plus series you know things like that that concept Gerald that which could never happen without the Avengers again right things like that look at that conversation itself he went from a character that was basically a one-off or could have been very much a one-off in the original Thor movie to someone like you said that played a huge role in the success of the Avengers to continuing his character forward where people now really appreciate and love the character. And in fact, Disney recently reported that Loki, the TV series was the most popular Marvel series on Disney plus earning the most numbers. And it is far and away one of the most appreciated as far as in the series as well. So yeah, it is one of the most, it is the most popular of the Marvel television shows on Disney plus. So that was something, again, that's attributed to all to Tom Hiddleston and his great performance that people remember from Thor and especially from the Avengers. When it comes to the Avengers, my friend, and with the kind of lasting impact it had for years, for years, and that they were able to go back into it with Avengers Endgame. Over the years, you saw the effects from it and the fallout from it with with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You saw it with Avengers Age of Ultron. You even saw it with other movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You saw it with Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, he was suffering from PTSD from those issues. And that's something that, that he had to overcome as well. So that's something really people needed to go ahead and understand as far as what is the the impact of that movie? Not only did they create an impact within the confines of the MCU, but they created it from a a personal standpoint to viewers out there as well. I mean, just the, the cultural impact of the Avengers. Is it going to be ending up as one of the biggest movies of the series? No, there's going to be probably 10, 15, maybe even more movies that will earn and generate more money lifetime than the Avengers. But the cultural impact that the Avengers has is going to be something that's going to last a lifetime. Yeah, and it start it started the hatred in in the uh, in the movie industry towards Marvel. Yeah. It did. Yes. It, it set that tone yes. right there because of like the, the power of it, the impact of it, the popularity yeah. of it. You know, yes. uh, culturally. You know what I mean? And, you know, and from a cinematic standpoint, it, it was a game changer. Yeah. You know, it changed the movie industry. It did completely. Honestly, the movie industry will never be the same. After what after Marvel Studios is done, what Kevin yeah. Feige's done. Well, after um, the Avengers, like you're right, it just the the movie industry has not been the same since, as far as the mindset for those against it and those trying to duplicate it with their own universes. DC stands out, but 
there's been other individual universes that have tried to go ahead and copy that same formula. Nobody knows right now what to what to do, other yeah. than what's other than what's already popular: the superhero films, the you know, the Marvel stuff. You know what I mean? The DC stuff, whatever. Right now, nobody really does know in the in the movie industry what is the next zeitgeist. Like you know, what is the breakthrough genre? It's not there yet. It, it just yeah. isn't. And you know, that's whatever. It's another conversation. But overall, again, there's a massive evolution throughout the Infinity Saga that you watch you know, on the screen from film to film to film to film with so many different aspects of, of, of production and of visual effects and CGI. Look at where things went from the Avengers to Endgame visually, right? I mean, honestly, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like for me, you can't not point out how much of a integral part the entire evolution and lifespan of the original six Avengers, Captain America, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Black Widow, all of them, Hawkeye, all of them, right? Thor. Uh, without the Avengers, you don't have that life cycle. You don't have that that 10-year, you know, mark where you've got those actors playing those characters and whatnot and becoming so iconic, yeah. you know, and evolving over 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 time, right? With their roles, yes. the actors, the actresses evolving, the characters evolving, as the films are evolving. Honestly, Watching the whole thing, you know, beyond the Avengers, watching the whole evolution just go on from year to year to year, it's just been remarkable. And again, I feel like, in a way, I don't want to say that nobody cares about the Avengers anymore, because that's not fair. It's not true. People do. But at the same time, I think that it's nice to have this 10-year anniversary deal and have a chance to kind of like, you know, have a moment like this and whatnot here and there. Because yeah. it is important to like point out some of these aspects of the film with it, when, what it did. And at the end of the day, from a human being standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a standpoint of the impact the film had on actual human lives, mental health, the condition of life, quality of life, and The Avengers was stunning to watch. It was stunning. It was massive. It was stunning. It was it was game changing for me, and I literally was awed and just could not even believe it. Watching it on screen go down, it was, I I just could not even grasp that I was dumbstruck. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? You've heard others. But nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was as, the as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. But what it did at the Avengers by going ahead and just using it as that base. And again, we saw this later on using it again and going back to it from movies that like we saw with Iron Man three, where Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Tony Stark suffered from PTSD from the effects of the Avengers movie. And then you had, again, the fallout from Captain America, the winter soldier effects from that there. And then you saw again with Thor, with all the characters involved, you see the effects that it had. And in fact, they go back into it again in Avengers and came over the course of the next 10 years from the Avengers and how successful it was and what it built upon it. To me, again, it just seems like when you branch out the MCU tree, it starts out as a nice little shrub with some little sprouts going a little far, but then the Avengers, the Avengers is that just that, that amount of water that allows to go ahead and allows that plant to grow exponentially where it branches off the whole MCU branches off in so many different directions and it expertly comes back and winds itself back together in infinity war and Endgame. But there's always the lasting effects of what happened in the original Avengers. And then we see that, and that callback to 2012 and how that played a key role to the Avengers and how that played a key role in the movie itself in getting the stones 
spoiler alert, in the end game that from that area, because there were three at that point in time in the same place, right around the time of the Avengers. So that's something that was just very good callback. And it shows that Kevin Feige and the Marvel hierarchy understand the importance, the cultural footprint, as my friend Rob McCallum, writer-director Rob McCallum, always says about the what is the cultural footprint of what we've seen. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot of that footprint can be led to directly to what happened in the Avengers. And what about the actors, the actresses, the characters, their relationships? Think about Tony and Steve, right? You know, and yes. like the, that was the buildup. That was the start of it, right? To their Civil War. Yep, yep. And that started it. That was the building block that brought us that dynamic. It was. And to watch the film now, right, and see them, as actors out there and playing their characters, right? For the first time, interacting with each other, bouncing off each other and whatnot and everything. It's not perfect at times. You know what I, it's like my video earlier, Jared. It can be choppy a little bit here and there, you know? Yes, but it, as a movie, if you looked at it as a straight movie, okay, it does a lot of things in generic fashion. It does a lot of things in straightforward fashion. It's not going to be, I think, with a lot of people, their number one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's a good movie. And that's one thing when you have a big movie like that, you just needs to be good. It just needs to further the universe. It just needs to tell a good story and just needs to execute it well enough. And I think that's what it did. It wasn't going to be what many consider the best movies in the mix. Avengers Infinity War, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, or any of the other movies that are out there that are always highly rated. It's there in that, okay, it's right there, 5 through 10 list. So it's good. It's very good. And maybe even some people's favorites out there. But it did what it needed to do to get the job done. Yeah, it did. And it opened things up. It opened a door. It allowed a reality where a film like The Avengers could make up over a billion dollars. A film like The Avengers could be that impactful, that big, yeah. you know, that, that game-changing, right? That set the tone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where the value, the commodity, I mean, it's a commodity, you know, like those films, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the productions, you know, like the quality of them, the characters, all of it, you know, the interconnectivity. Like, it started to become bigger and bigger. I feel like maybe the movie is a little bit basic at times. You know, it is. It's a little, it can be, it can be sort of simplistic, the story yes. at times. It is, but that worked. For me, it did. It's a fan. It was a it safe movie. It was a safe bet. It was written safe. It was written yep. from a standpoint of like, we're not going to, we, we're taking all these chances everywhere else. But with this big movie, we're not going to take too much in the way of chances. We're just going to tell the story. We're going to get it as far as have it be the foundation of what's going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A lot of these movies that are upcoming in the next decade will be playing off of the events of what happened in the Avengers. So we're just going to play it safe here and let it build forward from there. Yeah. Yeah. And Hey, you know what? Don't forget. Nick Fury shield was huge in the movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, really? I mean, honestly, I think that for Samuel Jackson, that might've been the most screen time he got other than Captain Marvel. Yeah. In, in the MCU. Just overall, overall with the film, there, there were so many elements to it, you know, and, I feel like basically it again it also it also started that fever with the fandom that like connection with the fandom to where stuff became life or death all of a yeah. sudden you know they did yeah. it, it became that big for people right the Avengers, the Avengers started that it, 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 it launched that it gave us that for the first time well we talked about before how it was a buy-in for many people it was a buy-in for us because I didn't uh, it wasn't appointment viewing for me it wasn't something where I had to go rush out the theater before the Avengers but after the Avengers guess what I'm there in line as soon as I can to go check out every MCU movie since and for me that started with the Avengers and I know it's, it sounds like it started for you and I know it started for millions of other people is that the Avengers created this event where Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, films, television shows, events were can't miss things that they actually had to go ahead and check out. And it demonstrated something that was not believable or possible until it happened, which is the reality of actually having the comic books 
cinematography, from a cinematic standpoint, presented visually for the fans. That was the part that was so crazy to me. When I saw it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. The comic books are on the screen for the first time in my life. That was impactful, Gerald. That was big for me. It was like, wow. From the pages of the books, it connected to the screen. And that's when I really felt that. That's what I felt with the Avengers. I felt connected to the comic books deeply, deeply to the Avengers. And that was really that premise. The fact they pulled that off, Kevin Feige and his team at Marvel Studios, they pulled that movie off. They pulled the Avengers off on screen in a movie. It was just mind-blowing to me. It just seemed impossible. It did not seem permissible to me until it happened. It did not. I did not think it was possible. I I know a lot of other people didn't think it was possible because, again, the concept – and, again, we talked about other series having – trilogies and sequels where characters all get together and get together for a common cause whether it's to beat the bad guy or blow up the death star etc etc where this is something that has happened over the course of a couple three movies but the marvel cinematic universe was different in that all these different parts of this universe in separate movies were all coming together at the very end for a common cause and that's something that had not really ever been done before. So that's why the Avengers is so important. And it's been so much uh, ingratiated into our society, into our pop culture for so many years now is because of what everybody saw in the Avengers. But coming up on the back end of the show, I want to go ahead and talk to Mr. True Knowledge, Jess Lopota from the MCU's Bleeding Edge about not only the impact of it that we've been talking about, but what's ahead for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of what happened in the Avengers as we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Avengers and how much it's been a part of our lives. So I'm going to go ahead on the back end to talk to Jeff Sloboda about the future of the MCU based off of what we've seen in the Avengers and what can happen from there. But coming up after the break, it is Hamanish Goel as he stops on by to talk about Bollywood. He speculates on what the movie industry in India can do to go ahead and produce that next big hit. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Wanted to go ahead and bring this guy on. Once again, he's been a guest on our show several times talking about the world of pop culture, but one of his areas of expertise is the land of India. And I'll tell you what, not only the fact that they have some great entertainment there that has actually gotten over in some small way with audiences this so far in 2022. I wanted to go ahead and talk to him because we've been asking for a long time, is there going to be that squid game level hit that breakout type hit they haven't had that yet but they've certainly gotten off to some pretty good starts with kgf chapter two rrr and the cashmere files Ken, yes. he's here today to speculate on what that could be that could be coming up in the not too distant future but you got to go ahead and check them out everywhere 
he goes ahead and stops by as a guest on podcast. It is Hamanish Goel. Hamanish, great to have you back. Yeah, same here. It's always a pleasure coming on the show. But in terms of the next big headline for this sort of like the uh, whole Bollywood phenomenon, I think Amazon Prime has been doing a pretty good job. Yeah, and they have been getting pretty bigger acquisitions in terms of expanding the in the Indian name and trying to make that Squid Game, whatever that might be of the Indian version, from from the Hindi religion from Hindi, mm-hmm. and I think Netflix was on there, but they've been having a few business plan issues lately. Their business is they they're trying to solve other technological. They've got problems. a lot of issues going on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Amazon's taking that to their advantage and they started putting, they put KGF at early access where you can rent it over there. There was a show called More Than Love. I think they've started taking some of Amazon's content and making it to Hindi content. And they've also had their own content that's worked in the past, like Amir Zapur or I'm forgetting their names, Panchayat. And I, they're trying to make shows that cater a, a broader audience. So uh, hats off to Amazon because if you look at India, the only two places they have is Amazon and Netflix. And they have the Disney Plus with the Hotstar, but they've not broadened their scope in terms of making it available to everyone. So, But there is one film that Disney is putting on, uh, on all of their platforms, like certain Hindi films, and one of them named Vamastra. And it has a huge Indian production name. The thing is, though, like I said, with those three success stories, even though they are at a limited level, they're huge in the Indian audience. They're worldwide, KGF Chapter 2, RRR, and the Kashmir Files, they both have seen some type of success worldwide, which is a great step in the right direction. In fact, one of the films, I believe it's RRR, could be Kashmir Files, I think it's RRR, has earned, I think, combined a little over $100 million worldwide at the box office. So that's actually yep. a great sign. That's a huge amount for Absolutely. a film like that. But again, as you and I both know, when we see these blockbusters with Doctor Strange floating around and all the other shows that are out there, as far as what we saw with Squid Game, I go ahead and point to that. And Money Heist, those two became international kits on Netflix. Or, like I said, with Doctor Strange, that earned hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office and it's on its way towards earning a billion dollars at the box office. That is the end goal of where you want to go ahead and get an Indian project to go to, to get that mass buy-in from a worldwide audience. So is there anything, anything at all you think or you would lay money down on right now? And if not... What do you think they need to do to get to that point where they have something that crosses over so mainstream? I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be at least a decade till we get there because there's certain pieces of technology that we've advanced tremendously from, like from, because if just like a small briefer, if you go back all the way to 2017, that was the worst year. Like out of half of the films that had big time actors were mostly flopping. So a lot of the Indian actors, the, the, the highest film with an Indian actor is like a 300 crore. But the highest Indian, highest uh, grossing film with that's in the pan-India section is KGF Chapter 2, just India box office collection standing alone. But if you look at worldwide stands, a lot of the Telugu filmmakers have been upping the game lately. And hopefully because of them telling more diverse stories, they can get to expanding the horizons like right now there was a film that came on prime and it did well in december of last year but didn't earn so much it was called pushpa and the story was very well grounded i i'm guessing that could earn 500 crore alone in india but it might it might be kjf it might not but it would have to if the audience tends to like it year after year then the, then the numbers will start to increase uh, number after number. And I think it's just going to grow a following because these days, a lot of the, after the success they've been seeing with the Telugu actors, especially the ones who started it with the Bahubali, they've started taking them in a lot of big pan-India films. So 
let's see how it goes. Hope, and we also want films like Kashmir Files because those are the ones that are relatable. I feel like a lot of folks could relate to those, especially just how they scoped it in which it was like more of an educational history sort of film. Again, I'd love to see something from India be able to go ahead and be represented on a worldwide basis that catches on that everybody is going to be talking about. But before we head on out, tell me if you can about how movies that uh, we, you and I in this country go ahead and see on an every weekend basis, we can go ahead and walk into go see a Doctor Strange or Top Gun Maverick and all that. Right. How does that distribute it over in India? How has that become mm. an experience similar to what we see in America? Tell me a little bit about how big budgeted box office movies are viewed by in India. So there are a lot of audiences. It's like, it's like a shade of gray, but I'll present well, so an movies. audience of 1.2 billion people in India. Right. So I would hope it's a large audience. <laughs> so it's shades of gray. It would depend on the film and depend on the personality of the person, but I'll give three common examples. There's some that it if the name is so huge, like in 2018, there was a film called Sanju. I think you would have to read about the film to speak about it because there are things that I can't talk about. But that film with a, with that actor in that in that role was a huge thing. And it just the just the brand name was uh, was up to its game. When the film that has a big budget, a great director, an actor that's looking for a comeback that's in that role, you're expecting a good capacity of folks to come in. A lot of the times, if it's a first-time director, reviews matter the most because otherwise you will get an Indian audience, but if they don't like it, word of mouth goes really goes really fast and people just diss the film. And then you see people in, in the, some folks in India where they're like, we can watch this on screen and they'll wait for it to like download it or even just... um watch it on Amazon Prime or Netflix. So it, it sort of varies, but a lot of the big budget films that do the story right and kind of get the highlight of the characters do a really good job. And some of the directors that have a brand name, like Araj Kumar Harani or Rohit Shetty, Rohit Shetty they, all, they have developed this trust that every film will be, will be at its mark. So it's all about the trust and how well, they narrated narrated the story. Some people already tell from the from watching the trailer and teaser that how well it well well it is. Like I know when my dad watched the Kashmir Files trailer, he could already tell there was already a story being presented. So sometimes the 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 trailer if it gives it away a lot, and sometimes it um it does a surprising facts. Like there was a very small, decent budgeted film called Andadun in twenty eighteen, and the director was very smart of just not giving away hints and clues but when you watched it on the big screen he did a really good job depicting the story and because it started even though the the starting box office location was small it increased over the next few days after that so it, it it's word of mouth it's a lot of reviews depending on who it is and sometimes the director is small and the actor is big and sometimes it's vice versa it's a lot but a lot of masala films and a lot of like hyped up films, one that have like that big star cast or, or, they, or they've just been uh, hyped up to that level. A lot of the times, if it's good, Indian audiences, when the songs come, there's like whistles and claps. It's like a, they make it like a <laughs> an actual experience for themselves. So it's a, it's a different um, environment over there. And if it's in, if the story invests them, then they, they'll, they'll definitely go over there. And if it doesn't, they, they'll, they'd rather wait and go over there uh, as well. Like, and sometimes those social films, if you're with a group, you tend to want to go more. So it also depends on the genre as well. Um, of what, if it's of an action film, then you would most likely get a lot of families and be individuals to come over there. But if it's more like a, a life film or like a drama or a love story, a mix of some sort, then the story would have to speak for itself. Uh, again, appreciate your time and talking about what's going on over in the Indian marketplace. And if they can bring anything over to a worldwide audience, that's really going to gain a lot right. of interest and a lot yeah. of buzz. So that's all the ultimate goal. And it's interesting to see how these big budget movies here in the States or yeah. overseas, how they are portrayed in your country, how they are presented, and ultimately how much they are seen in your country. 
always right. it's great to go ahead and see how they're supported in India. Yeah. So before we head on out, my friend, just want to go ahead and give you the opportunity to go ahead and pitch anything you need to, any social media, any upcoming appearances on podcasts. Okay. What's going on in the life of Hamanish Goel before we head on out? I'm doing a lot of learning and certs and as well applying to degrees to kind of move into the design area of the industry. April and May have been interesting. <laughs> They've been interesting months. Well, that's awesome. I wish you continued success. Obviously, uh, enjoy having you here on the show. Hopefully, you can keep us in the loop on what's going on with India and Bollywood and the fact that yeah. there's a lot of great things that hopefully will be on the way right. for yeah. us here in the entertainment world. But Hamanish, sure. great to have you on. As always, looking forward to your next appearance right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Big on America. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. And I'm also here with... Mikey Famine. Dig on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Want to thank so much my other guest on today's show, Hamanish Goel, for stopping by as well. Appreciate his thoughts as always on what's coming up for the world of Bollywood. But before we head on out, it's Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge again. We're talking the 10th anniversary of the Avengers. 10 years of the Avengers. It has been such a cultural standpoint for us as far as where we have gone and where we go from here. We talked a little bit about the fallout from the Avengers in 2012 and all the movies that were affected by it. And in some small way, each and every MCU movie from the Avengers to Avengers Endgame had some little either reference or some little tie-in or buy-in from what we saw in Avengers, whether it was a after credit scene or something referred to in the movie or something directly relating from the movie. But now we go into a new phase. Now we go into new movies we have seen over the past couple of years that are going to reshape the Marvel Cinematic Universe even more. But using the Avengers as a bench point, using the Avengers as a litmus test of where we need to go from here. I think Secret Wars, that has been tossed around as a possibility going forward as far as what we're seeing with the multiverse and all that. We've seen some other things as far as the X-Men getting involved. We've seen some other things with other avenues. We've, we've talked and heard about maybe some different factions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe being introduced here in the not-too-distant future. New characters, new main protagonists being introduced. As we lead into a new phase or a new era of the MCU over this course of the rest of this decade, we're going to see different things, but... How does that all tie into what we've seen before with the Avengers? Honestly, Gerald, it's such a leap. And I feel like we're in such a different place right now. I really do. I feel like we're in such a different place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like I feel like here at the end of Phase 4, going into Phase 5, I feel like this is a different MCU. It is. It's a different animal. Not just because of the characters and the, and the change of the guard and all that and everything. That was inevitable. And not because of the cooldown after Endgame. That was that was inevitable also, right? There was no way to carry that buzz, you know, and that electricity that was built off of the film. Then what it delivered, how impactful that was. Yeah. 
There's no way to, to bounce back off that and beat that or, or or meet that and and be equal to that. You know, after that, it wasn't possible. So yeah. at that point, you you knew there had to be a lull in a way, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the deal. It's part of the game. You know, if you're going to make it a game, you have to accept the reality that it's going to be that huge, right? Yeah. You know, and then one of the neat things about Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios is the fact that they knew for years and years and years they wanted to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They wanted to do Loki as a Disney Plus series. They think that down the road. But as far as, I guess, trying to make that connection, I'd say that right now we're really in a new place, Gerald, and I think you would agree, where the storytelling has changed a little bit. It's in a different place than we're at, than where the Avengers was at. And that had to evolve. It had to. It's part of the deal. And I feel like it's interesting in a way. I think when we actually get another Avengers film, Gerald, that will really be a a point of emphasis where I'll really be able to look at the situation and evaluate from a standpoint of, I guess, the, the connectivity, or I don't want to say comparison, but how the Avengers stacks up to like what we end up getting out of with the Avengers 5, if it's Secret Wars or wherever they go with it, right? Yes. I think that what will be interesting to see will be, can these new characters have the impact? Can the new team get down the road have the chemistry on screen that the original six did? You know, it's an interesting conversation, Gerald. It really is. And when you look at series like Miss Marvel, honestly, at that time when I saw the Avengers, the concept of the Miss Marvel series was not even that was nothing that was impossible to me at that time. You know, I didn't think that was possible, really. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, didn't, I didn't think something like that would ever, would ever be made. I didn't, to tell you the truth. I mean, Miss Marvel wasn't even, wasn't even there at that point, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I feel like we're in such a different place, Gerald. Like, in the, in the world that we were at in the MCU with the Avengers, right, when it came out, the premise of a Miss Marvel Disney Plus series, right, it's almost like otherworldly in a way. You know what? It's very interesting seeing the change, seeing the evolution, seeing the culture change, society change with the films, with the characters. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to talk about. And I think that The Avengers itself is, for me, something that's very individualistic, Gerald. It really is. That's all I can say. You know, I mean, maybe it's not fair to say it should be in its own category, but I feel like you only have that film. And there's just nothing that compares to it. For me... The energy I get from Infinity War, from Endgame, was not the same as the original Avengers film. It just wasn't. But the expectations from that were heightened by what you saw with the Avengers. The difference in what you were going into the theater for, for Avengers Infinity War, and also Avengers Endgame. Even Ultron, Age of Ultron was okay, let's go ahead, and I know really what to expect, that there's going to be a coming together of forces no matter how much they fight with each other but they're going to come together because the movies have all set this up and they're going to go ahead and take on ultron or they're going to go ahead and take on thanos or they're going to go ahead and take on whatever bad guy that is going to go ahead and face up against them it's something that the expectations that we saw coming out of the avengers was laid upon us so now as we go into the future we see all these new and different protagonists that are going to be a part of the MCU going forward and become the new Avengers mixed in with some old Avengers, but mostly new Avengers as they team together in whatever big special event, all because of the fact that we have this Avengers originally in 2012, that was such a big hit was such a, a terrific part of what we see now in pop culture that, hey, we now have these expectations going forward, so if a Secret Wars or whatever Avengers 5 ends up being comes down the pike and that's going to happen, which, of course, it should eventually, what, three, four, five years down the line. So at some point in time, we're going to go ahead and see an Avengers again because we all know it's going to lead up to some big cataclysmic event, what we're seeing here, and we know it's going to be something special. And those expectations have now been laid upon us because of what we saw in Avengers. That's right. That's right. And all right, now I feel like it's going to be a buildup. We're looking at years before we get, before we get Avengers 5. Years and years. Yeah. And the fans need to be patient and realize that 
the formula has already worked before. It has. And at that point, I believe that they're basically going to – they're modifying it a little bit. They are. Yes. But they're sticking with it essentially to, at the same time. They are. The difference being that we got Disney Plus now, right? And yes. those that's theories, even helping it further because now you can create even more characters that can yes. all come together for this big event that you have planned down the line. Oh, yeah. It gives you a chance to do things with origin stories and stuff like that, everything that you would never do with a movie. Yep, yep. Across an episodical series, it's really different. It really is. It gives you so many different opportunities to do different things with characters, character arc. Repair a character, like in the case of Hawkeye, it took a character that nobody really cared about or many didn't care about. Many thought was in the original Avengers. That's uh, one of the main things that people have an issue with the 2012 Avengers is the way they treated the Hawkeye character. And took him since then because in the decades since he really wasn't treated well as a character, but give him this platform that he still has all this stuff going on from the original Avengers movie that are still taking place in his life that he's still thinking about constantly and yet build his character, flesh out his character in a way not ever thought possible. And it, again, it all stems off from the success of that Avengers movie because everything tied itself together then and you just made yourself even better in a bigger, larger universe because of what happened with the Avengers. Yes, and you know what? I feel like, uh, as far as Hawkeye goes, I feel like Age of Ultron did served him well. It highlighted his character a little bit more, it did, and it made him more of like a um, an integral kind of glue guy type of like part of the cog of the team. Yes, and then the, the series itself, the Hawkeye series, did even more wonders for that. And then, like, going forward with Loki. Loki, you got to go ahead and see an expansion of his character. They probably didn't think this far that they would be able to utilize Loki back in 2010, 2011, when they were first talking to Tom Hiddleston. They probably said, you know what? Ten years down the line, you're going to be leading your own series. When we start up a streaming network, it's going to be the most popular Marvel series on the network. How about that? No, they probably didn't have those plans for him that far out. But his performances along the way, and especially his performance in the Avengers, allowed him to get his character fleshed out to where we've seen it today as well, where he is even going to be a part of the future going forward for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvel movies and the Disney Plus series, all these different elements in the movie industry are flushed out through them, yeah. right? They are, right? Yeah. All these different mediums, right? All these different, they're all flushed out now through Marvel. They are, which is, mm-hmm. that's how big Marvel is. Yes. So it really is. It's, impact, it's that impactful. And at that point, if you want your drama, you get it from Marvel. You know, it's there. It's right there. They've got it. You know, it's in the movies. It's, it's in the Disney Plus series, right? You want good storytelling? That's there too. You know, you want horror? They're getting there. It's coming. You want comedy? You know, it's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, essentially, they built a know what the right word a is juggernaut they built yes, a juggernaut i mean i mean literally off the avengers what we have now is a situation where the entire film industry is filtering mediums through marvel studios they are literally and things that movie fans want from characters from films they're getting it from marvel you know, and Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios is crafting and doing things with that with the movies, with the shows, with their storytelling, you know, with the characters, with the you know, with the, with the effects to facilitate that. They know what's going on, but I can't even imagine what it must have been like to make the Avengers film, the, the, the production. I can't even imagine what it must have been like to think of the future then, and what was ahead of them, right? What was yeah. possible compared to that, and. I think that, if anything, I don't know if I feel okay like trying to compare, I guess, where we're at with the quality of, of the productions in Mar- with the Marvel, with Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe compared to the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. I don't want to go there. It's, it's hard. It's hard to do that. You know, yeah. they're just they're different. It's, they're, we're talking about different vehicles, different projects, different stories. I think mm-hmm. that, honestly, Gerald, I feel like for me, I'll always look at the Avengers in its own place in my heart that right now, at least, what they're doing right now in Phase 4, at least, and going into Phase 5, I don't see anything that they're doing 
that has that connection to me, possibly, or that it it could be that impactful. I don't think it has to be the Avengers. I don't think you have to have an Avengers film, right? With Marvel now, I don't think you have to have that vehicle, right, to create the buzz or the value or the, the impact. I don't think you need it. You don't. I mean, look, you know, honestly, Gerald, we're going to end up having like six, seven different teams in five years. Very well could be the case. And there you go. There's there's a connection right there. The Avengers caused that. They created that. Well, they've created definitely a universe that people all over the world are watching to this day. And 28 films into the MCU, the Avengers still will always hold a place in everyone's hearts that have followed the MCU closely. It is celebrating 10 years this year. It is something that I think everybody should go ahead out of the way. Maybe catch again on Disney Plus. But my friend, it's been a great conversation. I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today. Again, this hit me out of the blue. And I thought, well, you know, it's a pop culture show. We should go out of our way to celebrate something that has been so much of a standard bearer for pop culture over the years. But my friend, you've also touched on the Marvel Cinematic Universe time and time again, each and every week on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. But before we head on out, it's your time to plug your show and let people know why they need to catch the MCU's Bleeding Edge. At this point, we've evolved, just like Marvel Studios, just like the MCU, to the point where our shows are not just on Wednesday evenings at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and 6.30 p.m. Pacific. We're also on Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And we're also doing Sunday shows which I'm starting to play around with uh, maybe having like a flexible schedule on those shows just because it's hard sometimes to get people to guess that oh, at almost 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night with, with kids and families and jobs and careers and everything and whatnot. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. But either way, we're giving you more Bleeding Edge now, making more content. We just hit our first 1,000 subs on our YouTube channel. So uh, shout out. Yeah, shout out to all of our subs, you know, and shout out to Cybernetic Shark for helping me and being loyal to me and whatnot and everything for us to get to that point. And essentially, if you really want to see a adult-orientated, sort of, at times, R-rated version, Marvel, being covered, at that point, you get it as Bleeding Edge. That's what we do. We give you your serious movie reviews here and there and everything, and we get hard on them. We take it serious. We get intellectual, and we cut the BS. There's no jokes. It's a real deal. But at the same time, you might catch another show, and we'll be talking about or starting our own OnlyFans show account for the MCU's Bleeding Edge or something like that. You know, that might be the theme of the show. That's our show. If you're going to have a show that's called The Bleeding Edge, Daryl, you got to do something with it, man. you, you got to have that going. Absolutely, indeed. So if you want to catch what is going on with the MCU's Bleeding Edge, please catch the MCU's Bleeding Edge today wherever you get your podcasts, plus follow and subscribe on YouTube as well. It is Cybernetic Shark and Mr. True Knowledge, Mr. Jeff Sloboda, but Cybernetic Shark is also his co-host, great co-host, although I think I got him on the Doctor Strange box office returns. I think it's closer to my estimation than what he was saying. So you yes. might want to, next time you talk to him, give them that little jab. Just I, I thought he was a little off. When he, I'll be, not just him, but a couple people I thought were a little off with some it, of their, yeah. It was just, as a, as a wannabe horror movie, I think there's just no way that you were going to get enough people to go ahead and see it to the extent that you would beat or even come close to Spider-Man No Way Home. But hey, it's going to be about $950 million when it's all said and done, which Again, for a May Marvel movie, it's going to be right there. So, you know what? It all started with the billion-dollar Avengers movie, starting that Marvel May movie tradition. So, you know what? Thanks so much again to Jess Sabota for being part of today's program. Also, as well, again, Hamanish Goel as well for his segment. But if you have any questions for us, as always, on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything related to pop culture, just hit me up. At Pop Culture Cosmos, right there for you, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, at Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter, or send me a question anytime on email, the old fashioned email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Jeff, great having you aboard once again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, everyone out there, for watching and listening. And we'll return to you very soon, right here in the Cosmos. Because once again, we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture like no one else right here at the Pop Culture 
cosmos. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.